1: Welcome to the Runners World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're talking with Corey Wharton-Malcolm, founder of Track Mafia and Nike Plus Running Coach, about diversity in running. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I, I'm actually planning to run 20 miles next weekend.
3: Whoa, yeah.
1: check you out. Well, you know, we've been talking about, you know getting a few sort of 14 or 15 mile runs in the bag and and how your mind kind of inevitably starts thinking of, well, maybe I'll do a 20 and then, well, maybe I'll do a marathon after that. So I'm going to do 20 and then probably going to have a go at a sort of DIY marathon, roping a few mates and see what happens.
3: I mean, you say this, I've canvassed a few opinions and um, the whole notion that if you've run 15, you might as well go to a marathon is not a common It's not. It's not a common train of thought. I don't think. I think you're. I think you might be a a unique specimen when it comes to (laughs) when it comes to the what what mileage means. I think you've taken. You know what mileage means. That's good. Yeah. That's That could be
1: another podcast episode, couldn't it? You know. But I don't know, Ben. I I think there is something in. You know. You're getting into this kind of. Oh, I've done fifteen. Like, what are you going to do? Just carry on doing fifteen miles as a long run. Like no, in, I, until until eternity.
3: No, I agree, but I think that you 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 did fifteen about two weeks ago, and now you're doing twenty. <laughs> so I feel yeah, like that yeah, that yeah. you you you've you've uh, you've applied more than the ten percent rule. I think.
1: <laughs> well, maybe what, what maybe what this is about is because I finally finished my um, trying to beat the female world record over three quarters of the distance oh, well campaign, done. which has set the internet alight, as you know. Yes, I do. Um, so we did the five k on friday which was uh held by uh by uh Tyrannish dibaba the great ethiopian uh uh runner and uh,
3: uh, what, what time do you think i did ben um so what you would have been doing so it's 5k so you would have been doing like 3 point something k exactly 3.75 3.75 i think well i think you i think you would have i think you would have not done it i think you probably would have done 15 minutes
1: what?
3: No, I did it, mate. Oh, thirteen fifty nine. Thirteen fifty nine. Dramatically underestimated your ability.
1: The first, the first woman to go under fourteen minutes for five k. Oh wait, no, wait, 2nd three point seven five k. Um, and so it's it's um it's like kind of just inside six minute miling, I think. So and so it's a couple of those. Oh so yeah, I should have, po- I
3: should have actually, I should have done the math in my head and realized that, that you were very capable of doing that. Um,
1: but it's been a it's been a daft project, but it has made me realize, yeah, just how preposterously quick some of these world records are you know it's actually it's it's a struggle to do three quarters of the distance which is like obviously a lot less um so yeah so i'm looking for a new challenge mate hence the marathon uh
3: are you doing anything sort of as preposterous as that or am i out my own (laughs) (laughs) no no you know i like to have my own my own challenges um i have been doing some wallpapering. that's pretty challenging um that's you know lockdown life uh doing some decorating uh no, I've been doing some more running, mate. It's been it's been nice. Um everything feels pretty good. I, I do you know what? I had an elderly moment yesterday though where I put my back out. Oh. Right. Yeah, just you know, um lifting up uh lifting up the, the three and a half year old because he's 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 quite a unit and uh I <laughs> I didn't I didn't brace properly, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I didn't deadlift him like I should and uh yeah I, I had an elderly moment yesterday and that 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 i mean all that's really done is just uh it's, it's just highlighted the passing of time mate and how how these things can how these things can happen so you know I've, i'm nursing a slightly sore lower back but i um i imagine that actually um a bit of movement will be will be good for it so i'm, I'm looking forward to, to um trotting trotting out for a little bit later i think maybe trying to get some easy miles and get some movement back into it
1: yeah well um We did a poll online uh, about a week ago now, and it was talking about um, how people kind of exercise their running freedom when when lockdown's fully lifted. And I guess we're getting to the point where lockdown is getting significantly eased. Mm. Um, Some of the interesting, quite interesting comments, I thought, because essentially a lot lot of people pointed out um, that they actually might be running less once things go back to to normal, whenever that is actually the, 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 the lockdown situation has actually meant that people feel... In, in a kind of paradoxical way, more free to run, perhaps because they don't have a commute, they've got more, they've got more time uh, on their hands. And a lot of people are saying they're uh, fitter than they've ever been, which is quite interesting,
3: I think. Well, yeah, I mean, we touched on it last week and, and the fact that yeah, both you and I feel like we've, um, we feel better for it. But it was good to hear some, from some other people, actually. And um, H- Hannah Clark wrote in and said she'd be running very carefully. She won't be running in a group for a good while. Um, and it depends on uh, how they ad- advise on shielding for people. And I think people have kind of got so used to solo running that 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 kind of, with all these things, there's a bit of a, a apprehension about rejoining. I mean, a lot of people obviously have dived straight back in because you're allowed to, and that's great. But I think there is definitely sort of, if you're at home and you have any, you have re- elderly relatives or you know um, p- people that you are shielding that you don't want to expose yourself to others. So I kind of feel like that there's probably a bit of that a cautiousness. Um, but Richard Lake has just sort of confirmed that he he said it didn't really restrict him uh, because he's mostly a solo runner, but he can't wait for the return of Park Run, which I think is probably a uh, yeah a nation a held lot. yeah <laughs> like uh, people can't wait for a bit a bit bit bit, bit of community running with Park Run, um, yeah Judith Rose had more freedom to run than usual because working from home has allowed it, and I think that you and I have touched upon that. So that was really sort of mm. good to hear that people are using the working from home time to sort of discover less pressured running I think is probably the way to look at it yeah I think that's true mate uh yeah and the same Colin Colin Perry agreed working from home has given me more time to go out and run on the nearby country lanes and in in April and May he ran more miles than he's ever done so I mean that's a huge plus I would say from this whole situation definitely yeah definitely I think um, a
1: lot of people there, there are elements about this lockdown that people have undoubtedly enjoyed and I think it if you, if it's helped you to go out and run a bit more then that has to be yeah that 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 has to be a positive that can be can be taken out of it but i agree with you that i think despite what the what the rules are there's going to be a lag in how people like people feeling comfortable to to run in big groups scale.
3: i don't i i don't think i'd be comfortable running uh, i mean i was i was pretty lone wolf anyway but i i don't feel like i'd be um really comfortable with meeting up with a lot of people to go for a run right now. I just feel like I know that I mean again this is depends completely where you are in the country and I think being in London the current rate of infection has dropped fairly significantly so there's there's less risk um and you know obviously in the northeast or wherever you are that that, that risk varies dramatically so it's 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 all very it's all very sort of based upon geographical location but um I kind of feel like Want to, I want to give it just a bit more time for my own sure. ben- benefit, if you see what I mean. Oh, completely. Well, look, we've rambled enough, I think, mate, as usual. <laughs> so like, I think it's time to I think it's time to get our guest of the week on. Let's do it. Let's do it. We had worked out a normal introduction to Corey, but we just started recording and having a chat and we thought that that was the best intro you could get. So here we go. Guest of the week, here in the studio, guest of the week, sometimes on the
1: We're now officially recording.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Straight in, no warm up.
3: How you been, Corey? You're right.
2: Um, Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I am. I'm having a a relaxing. Well, no, that's a lie. It's not a relaxing day today. It's more. It's more of a. One of my appointments this morning was pushed until tomorrow, so it meant that I had like an extra hour in bed. So that's probably why I'm feeling extra sprightly. And where are you guys based? I'm in Leighton. Oh, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, like Tulse Hill, so near Streatham,
2: kind of way. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm just down the road from you today. Oh, okay, where are you? I'm at Sydney. Oh, cool, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I split my time probably between my place and the, the missus's place. Um, she's in Camden, so when I want to run really hard hills i go over to camden and run through the heath and when i want really 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 hard hills i stay in sydenham yes. <laughs> so there's no, Mate, there's no flat it,
1: it, there can't there can't be many more hilly places than like and crystal palace like you can't no. run flat you literally there's nowhere to run flat you've got to hit a hill
2: <laughs> but the thing is no one no one really knows about it in the running community as in everyone knows about it in cycling but you mention Dulwich Woods or places like that to people in running. They're like, where, where, where is that?
1: Yeah, that's really true. Like, and it's it's lovely Dulwich Woods as well. Like, it's like yeah. properly wild, isn't it, in there? Um, yeah. Yeah, there's that. There's a hill on that road that you know, you know, College Road that goes up to like, and there's yep. that. There's that hill that's from up from Sydenham Hill Station, and the one after that, Rock Hill. I think that's even worse.
2: Yep. So I just did a piece for, I can't remember what magazine it was. It wasn't like a running one. It was more lifestyle and they were asking what my what my favourite route was. And that was my favourite route, kind of up all of those hills, through the woods, up College Road and then up that nasty hill that you're talking about.
1: Oh, that's mad. Oh, we, we must have, like... I must have passed you, because that's like, my, that's 100% my route. Did
2: you hear that? I must have
1: passed no, no, you. No, it's seemed like, we're going different directions, <laughs> not like overtaking, because that's not, that's not what I'm, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, the arrogance, no. the arrogance of a I meant like, come in different directions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. That's cool though, I'm glad you're a fan of that, I, I, I agree with that. it's under the radar, under the radar, like kind of route that.
3: This chat could make it in mate, and then I would reveal, <laughs> yeah. could make it into the edit, and then your secret's out, so you yeah, never know.
2: That's fine. Because no one, no one really wants to run hills. Like whenever you say, oh, how do you get faster? Or how do you get stronger? How do you get more consistent? You're like, do hills. And they're like, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> was, there a, was there another route?
3: Well, we, we had, um, was it? No, maybe not last week or the week before. Your bit of pseudoscience, Rick, was about really hard sprint efforts up a steep incline and how that, was, how that worked. That was kind of like doing heavy reps in oh, yeah, the gym. I'd be interested
1: to know your, your, your thoughts on that, Corey, actually. Like, this guy, this guy called Brad Hudson, who's who, so people people who train with Brad Hudson, they don't lift any weights at all. Um, but he's like, well, all you need to do is twice a week, six to eight second max hill reps. But that's basically going to, like, give you the same injury-proofing benefits as squatting and lunging, but just in a more running-specific way. And I thought, actually, I don't know if I agree with that, but it's
2: quite interesting. That's if you can actually get through those reps without injuring yourself.
1: Yeah, right, right, <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Because, True. like, I fully agree that running up the hills are speed and strength work in disguise, but what a lot of people do is they try and do exactly that, which is smash their way up them, and by the fourth rep, they feel their soleus, their Achilles going. and they're like, ah, oh, it's just hard work kicking in, and then the following day, they can't walk. So I do believe in that concept, but I think you have to bulletproof your calves first with slower, yeah. more consistent <laughs> reps before, before doing the sprinting. Because when I first started running, that's, that, that was what my coach did with me. Um, we went to Swain's Lane and slowly but surely, we just used to slog our way up the hills. And it was baby steps, working on cadence, repetition, all that sort of stuff. And then as time passed, you upped your reps, you upped your speed, um, but you don't just go straight in. And what you'll find is that when you then run on flats with the same effort, you're flying at a, a ridiculous speed. So that's that's my, that's my thoughts.
1: Well, you're right. Yeah, I've actually slightly pulled my hamstring from doing those those hill reps. So you're, de- <laughs> you're definitely you're definitely right. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I was like, God, oh, he's, oh, he's right about that. He's hundred percent right about it. yeah. It's like the fourth one. I was like, Oh, there yeah. go, there goes the hamstring. Okay, there we go. I walk up
2: <laughs> purely because all of all of these mistakes I I have made. <laughs> so most of the coaching tips or most of the advice that I give is because I have been the idiot that has done that, and I've gone, Ah, what have I done?
3: Cheers for joining us. It's it's good to talk to you. Um, I think to sort of savor people a bit of listening through it all, we've, we, I'm going to add a link to the description to the video that we put together with you guys a few years ago now, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, about um, just what Track Mafia was about and, and is about and, and kind of like how you work, just so that people can see it rather than hear us talk about it. But you might as well just get a, a brief overview of, of, of yourself and track mafia would probably be very useful
2: oh thank you um good morning afternoon evening whatever time it is people are listening to this um my name is Corey walton malcolm aka bit beefy and i co-founded an organization or a track club called track mafia uh track mafia started probably 2012 and it was just set up by three people myself julia and jeggy and the whole point of it was to just build consistency within our running by doing track so there was no huge big plan um as the weeks or the months progressed we kind of eased into we want to change the way that people view track and field because like for us track and field was was quite intimidating quite scary as it was for other people so we wanted to create our own little safe space and build a community and as the years have passed it has grown and we work with lots of people like uh Nike and Runners World um we also put on events um and basically try and change the way that that kids feel about athletics or should i say those that don't like it we we try and change them into loving it
1: you, you said there that you, there was a kind of intimidation around like i guess like orthodox running clubs what what was that fear around was it about Feeling like you weren't going to be a quick enough runner, that there were, it was going to be full of people who look at running and exercise differently to how you do. What, what was the kind of the root of, of um, that kind
2: of the the intimidation was? I mean, this is a beautiful segue. Um, kind of the intimidation was more. You used to go to well. This is speaking from my experience. I used to go to races when I first got into running. And I was, I was the only black dude and kind of the only really big dude <laughs> at any of these like meets, whether it's races, whether it's at track, um, like long distance or out on the road. And all of the people that were par- participating, no disrespect, they were a lot older than I was. Um, and even though I loved running with, I guess, a group, like that i still wanted my own kind of thing where i could be completely myself and i could learn and make mistakes and kind of rip up the rule book and and do what i want without anyone saying that that's not how you did it and that's kind of what happened um like lots of people look at track or look at long distance running and they they can't identify with anyone they can't look into a group of people and be like okay that person looks like me which then makes me believe that i can achieve something like that and that's not even necessarily a a black or a white thing it's the same thing with males and females um so a lot of i guess pictures and a lot of videos that we used to see didn't feature people like us and we were like oh but we do it so <laughs> how come i can't see myself um so that's that's literally how it started um but i wouldn't have felt like that i don't think had i had i not met charlie and joined random crew because then i realized that there were more people like me who did <laughs> who ran and that, that kind of inspired me to 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 start my own thing because had I not seen him doing it, I wouldn't have known it was possible. And I know that sounds really weird and lots of people would be like, oh, but you're your own person. And I would love those people to sit and ask themselves, have they ever genuinely done something for the first time without being influenced by something that they haven't seen?
3: This is kind of the crucial bit of it, that if without something like Rundam Crew being there, how there was... As a, as a black person, you didn't feel that running was an accessible sport or was it just that you didn't see anyone who looked like you doing it?
2: Um, I wouldn't say it wasn't accessible because for me, running is... For me, running is accessible for everybody. And I'm talking about just the action of running, as in just putting one foot in front of the other. But there's a lot of intimidation about <laughs> running because... Everything that you see is really slim, svelte, <laughs> either European or West African or East African people. And that doesn't, that doesn't make you say, ah, oh, I want to do that. That makes you look at awe and be like, oh wow, what an amazing human. And then <laughs> and then you kind of like sit and, and watch in awe when if you see somebody else who has like exactly the same kind of job as you, they sleep the same amount of hours as you do, basically someone that you can identify with, you're like, oh, okay, so that is accessible. So even though you can see it, because you can't see anybody else like you doing it, you're like, ah, that's clearly not for me, or that's a little bit weird, or you worry about other people laughing at you doing it, because that certainly happened when, when I initially got into running, and a lot of my friends still do laugh at me, like 10 years in when it's, it's kind of my career. They're still like, what's this running trick you're doing? Why are you running? not run. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com,
0: code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes
2: until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at (laughs) uh1.com.
1: So that's that's interesting because we're we're talking really about like everyday role models, aren't we? Rather than saying, "Well, look, um, Mo Farah is like a member of the BAME community. He's you know our most successful." distance runner ever therefore that should that should be inspiring other members of the BAME community to run actually that there's a disconnect there
2: there's, there's a, a big disconnect there and of course mo inspires loads and mo inspires everybody but mo inspires them to be like wow look at how hard he has worked to get where he is and that then inspires them in other ways, maybe in their personal life to be like, right, okay, if I strive for something, I can also do something. Like it it doesn't immediately make you want to go out and run. Um, and that's just some people, not everybody is like that. But a lot of people that I, I speak to are blown away by what Mo is doing, but they're like, Mo sleeps in an oxygen tent mo counts his calories (laughs) mo does this like this is his job he he gets paid to be awesome like i don't get paid to get awesome and i haven't got the time to be awesome so i'm just gonna watch him when when it needs like local heroes people from communities regardless of what community to be like no like mo's awesome but we can also be like mo and that's that's the knock-on effect it has
3: but I think I mean and you guys do a lot of work with with a lot of the um a lot of young people, um, possibly those who've never considered running or athletics as a sort of a, as, as a pastime that they could get a lot out from. So I feel like that's if you could just sort of you know, explain more on why the mentoring is, is important to what you do.
2: Um, the mentor is incredibly important to what we do because <clears throat> the kids the kids are our future. They're gonna look after us when when we're kind of a little bit older and I guess the reason why I find mentoring so important is because the reason why I'm in the position the reason why I am in the position that I'm in is because someone helped me because someone guided me because someone put their hand on my shoulder and said I can see you you're, you're a little bit lost or I can see you're kind of going in the right way let me help you not make the same mistakes that I made and that sort of guidance has, has taken me to, I guess the place where I am now, along with a lot of hard work. And I know that had I not been guided the way that I was, I probably would have ended up in another place. So what I wanna do is, I guess, repay my elders, repay my mentors and kind of continue the cycle because that's the only way we're gonna grow as as humans, as people, right, as anybody. I've I've never understood people that get into to positions and kind of pull up the ladder, pull up the ladder or pull up the rope. The whole the whole point we're here is to leave a legacy, is to to make things better for the people that come after us. And and that's why I do it. And I try and use running or fitness as a tool to do that because I know what it did for me. And I can see that there are many things that young people would like to participate in, but they don't see an in or they find it boring or they're worried about other things. And I think it's our role as as people to to help young people get to where they want to.
1: When you speak with young people about running, are there any kind of common, maybe not misconceptions, but um, perceptions about, about running that you have to overcome? Maybe that people i don't know a lot of people say oh running that sounds that's boring is is it stuff like that or is it is it kind of surprising stuff that kind of gets gets in people's way at the start
2: but the thing is if if we're all completely honest running is boring and (laughs) and this is and this is what i say to them and that's kind of not the hook but that's what really surprises them i'm like yeah running's terrible and they're like what (laughs) but like running's your life so i said yeah it's my life like running is my life because of how much it gives to me. And part of I guess I'm I haven't perfected anything, but part of the route to perfecting something is like constantly repeating things that are boring. And that's what I do with running. And I explain to them, yeah, of course it is running, but sorry, of course it's boring. But it doesn't have to be. We can make exc- we can make it, we can make running exciting by adding these variables to it. Like we can turn it into a game, we can we can turn it into a cab or a taxi, we can turn it into art, we can turn it into all of these things. So I basically use what they're already interested in and combine that with running, combine that with fitness and, and get them, I guess, more interested in it. Um, the problem with running also is, not the problem, but many young people say, I don't want to go running because I haven't got the right kit. Or I don't want to go running because my kit's not cool. I don't want to go running because my my friends don't want to go. I'm worried about what my friends will say. My area's not safe. It's too dark. Um, like there are so many reasons, and all we can do is, I guess, offer them an opportunity to to come out when they're ready to. I mean it's it's
3: it's, it's a it's a super important. Um it's a sort of double-edged sword in the fact that it's super important that um, there's a route in for uh, learning more about what you can achieve through running. But there are some pretty, I mean, there are some pretty significant stats on on general poor health within the BAME community. Um, And I feel that that what you're doing in combining the two things of making health and and particularly running the drive towards betterment is, is kind of like a really good first step that, Uh, kind of getting that message out there because you know some of the stats are are pretty 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 terrifying really
2: i mean for years people have known that health is wealth (laughs) and i think like those stark figures are yet more fuel for the fire and when i say that as in if 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 anyone needed a kick (laughs) I think these stats will blow their minds because the amount of of good you can get out of of running, putting one foot in front of the other, the amount of good that you can get out of changing your diet just ever so slightly, your nutrition, um your sleeping pattern. But the problem is 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 that people who don't have lots of money or who don't have access to to amazing healthcare, like they, they suffer from. And I think what we need to do is, is do more work in areas like that and make sport more accessible. Um, I'm not sure how we can do that. Or should I say, I know how we can do that, but I'm not sure if everyone is as engaged <laughs> as we are.
3: Yeah. But this is it. I mean, it'll be a. It's a. It's about policy, isn't it? It's, that's that's the the key to making any change. Um, to sort of bringing um equality or certainly equity to 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 people is about changing policy. So it's it's gonna it's gonna be in the, in the hands of those in charge. And, and that's I mean, this is where this is where running um sort of gets the, the power that running has kind of gets lost in the sort of the social economical divide that that exists. Yep i think that the two things are very difficult to sort of i mean and this is the the challenge i think of making running more accessible is the fact that you know saying everyone oh you can go out and just run you know one foot in front of the other is 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 true but there's a there's a cost to it right yeah. and i think and that's that doesn't make it accessible to everyone so there's there's a whole world of stuff that um impacts running on such a greater scale that i think is, is it that running will provide a lot of benefits to many but at the same time it's it's just another another thing that perhaps isn't accessible yep. because of the inequality
2: because what i'm really interested in is now that these figures have come out now that the the 80 governing bodies have come out and published these figures like now that they've admitted that there was a problem i'm not sure why we needed a study to find out <laughs> that there was a problem but now we have it in black and white like what is what's actually going to be done what like what moves are they going to make who are they going to employ like where is this money going to go or or is it just chat
1: yeah it seems like it's kind of beholden on people like yourself who actually like are very passionate and motivated about this stuff to, to make a kind of intervention like on a on a small level that then grows which which is which is which is massive credit to you but that it shouldn't it shouldn't be incumbent on someone to have to do that should it this should it should actually be more like as ben said part of um part of government policy but at the minute i think there's a there's a massive lack of of leadership really from from the government on this on this stuff and it's and it's left to communities such as you, that you built to actually take up a lot of the slack
2: yep and but what's what's interesting is this isn't this isn't why we set up Trap Mafia. Yeah,
1: right.
2: If that makes sense. But we've grown into this thing because we're passionate about what we do and we're passionate about people. And like you were you spoke briefly earlier on about there being uh, a disconnect. I also think there's a disconnect nowadays with with how things are started. Now a lot of people start whether it's start crews, start clubs, and they kind of fizzle out after two or three or four months or however long it lasts. And I always ask the people that have fizzled out, like, oh, like, how come you stopped doing it? And they were like, oh, no one came. So I said, well, when you say no one came, how do you mean? Oh, I only had two or three people. So I say to them, there's a big difference between no one came and only two or three people. Because what a lot of people get disheartened by or what they don't seem to understand is it doesn't matter how many people's lives you change. Like you could have changed one person's life. You could have changed two people's lives. You could have changed a hundred people's lives. That's not why we're out there doing this. It's not about, like, it's not a numbers game. It's not, if I'm not going to make thousands of people better, I'm not going to play anymore. Like what we need to get into the habit of of doing is is caring more about the impact that we're actually making as opposed to what people think about the impact that we're making.
1: I'm interested Corey in in, in what running has given you. I, I get a sense of how passionate you are just, just hearing you, know, <laughs> you talk. you talk about it. <laughs> but what would you if you had to, if you had to sort of succinctly say what, what running is, has given you, how would you sum it up?
2: Oh, running has given me everything running has given me my friends my my life my my girlfriend my financial stability um my partnerships like obviously i've worked my my butt off but when i first got into running i was sat at a desk and wondering how best i could go about bettering myself um my future and I never envisaged that running would take me here, but now running is 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 generational change. That's what running is to me.
3: Uh, do you have a, would you have a sort of message, or certainly some guidance, or to, to anyone in the BAME community who is thinking about running but they're worried that it's not for them, or they're not they're worried about how to start running?
2: I would say to anybody, excuse me, especially my brothers and sisters who want to get into running. Go out and do it. Just smile. Don't worry about what anybody else is thinking. Don't worry about what your friends are saying. Just get out there and do it. And if you're worried about doing it or you're worried about doing it by yourself, drop me a message and I will send you a video of me smiling and waving and telling you to crack on. (laughs) And if you don't want to go out and do it yourself, I guarantee you, there is someone in your whatsapp group your text message facebook instagram whatever group that will come for a run with you someone in your circle is thinking exactly the same thing as you so reach out and find them
3: Corey, i was listening to your podcast last night oh thank you man
2: which one what episode did you listen to
3: you and um, mr harry jameson ah yes it was a good it was a really good chat actually it was very enlightening um uh and it sort of it was a. Uh, I recommend anyone who wants to go and listen to it It was it focused more on, on sort of diversity within the wellness sphere and, and sort of fitness and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a sort of a, a there's a lot of comparables I think to sort of what, what, what you and Harry were saying and, and and applicable to running. Um, so yeah, I mean, I haven't really got a question off the back of that. I'm just saying to everyone, <laughs> I'm just saying to everyone if they, if they fancy a listen, they should go and have, a, they should go and have one because, and most intriguingly, um, Corey records all his podcasts in in the bathtub. Yes. So, oh wow. <laughs> uh, so you should all go and all listen to that and hear the man splash about a bit. <laughs> yes. Right,
2: like, because what's what's hilarious about that is so many people that I've contacted and I've said, "All oh, right, are you up for being on my podcast?" And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so do I need to come around or like, how are we doing with it socially distancing? I'm like, so did you think <laughs> that I was going to be in the bath and you were going to be like sat on the toilet <laughs> talking to me? That's weird. <laughs> um, but when I say you're in your bath and I'm in my bath, they're like, ah, so I got then it. how yeah. do we, how do we talk? And I'm like on zoom or <laughs> Zencaster or whatever it is. And they're like, ah, okay. So what do we talk about? Some like anything that you want, but these are the questions like it will always revolve around help. And because of what's happening in the world now, it's revolving around the coronavirus, the coronavirus, (laughs) equality and Black Lives Matter. Like that's. So last night, I actually did one with a friend of mine, Manny, who's a physiotherapist. We were exploring the the inequality or lack of diversity in the physiotherapy world. Um, And he had some interesting points.
1: So, Corey, I'm going to be on. I'm going to be on Rock Hill tomorrow morning, probably pulling a hamstring. So maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll see you out there.
2: <laughs> um, what time are you going to be on Rock Hill? I'm going to be there at about uh, quarter to eight. No, I definitely won't be there at quarter to eight. <laughs> purely because I'm filming. Yeah, that's that's early, and I'm filming at nine o'clock.
1: Oh, cool. Right yeah
2: lots of jumping around with umbrellas again
1: well i'm keeping my outfit i'm keeping my
3: eye eye out for you on it anyway
2: (laughs) you may you won't miss him just look out for the
3: socks you'll see him (laughs)
1: thanks man great thank you thank you thank you for talking to us Corey. it's great brilliant no thank you so that brings us to the end of this week's runners world podcast a huge thanks to our guest Corey Wharton malcolm and to you of course for
3: listening the runners world podcast is available on acast itunes and all of your favorite podcast apps